Holy Spirit rain down. I mean, that is definitely what we all want and need. And as we gather today online, did you know that the Holy Spirit works on our lives even when we've gathered digitally? I am so thankful for a powerful God who isn't bound by time or space or by technology, nor is our God messed up by COVID or anything else. Lord God, we thank you for your amazing love and the power that you have over absolutely everything. And Lord, we pray that you would rain down in our hearts and our minds today as we worship you, as we honor you, as we study now your word together. Lord, speak into our lives in your most precious name we pray. Amen. Well, welcome again, and thanks for being here to study God's Word. I'll see many of you at noon today for our fall festival, and then next Sunday, we're going to regather in person. So please go to our website. You're going to find information and guidelines and more videos to help answer each one of your questions about our regathering. This is a picture of the Library of Congress, actually the Jefferson Building of the Library of Conference, uh, Congress, an impressive, impressive place in Washington, D.C. So if you've ever visited this great library, type the date of your visit down there in the chat box. Let us know when you were there. Apparently, it contains over 170 million items, including, among other things, a very rare book and manuscript collection. Um, here's one of those very rare books. It's a photo of the Gutenberg Bible. It's one of the, it's listed as one of the treasures of the Library of Congress. It was purchased in 1930. It's one of a multitude of books there. And why was that particular library and thousands of others like it that are spread all over the world, why were they established? Well, the Library of Congress is at least the main research arm of the U.S. Congress and the home of the U.S. Copyright Office. But all libraries preserve and provide access to a rich, diverse, and enduring source of knowledge that helps inform us, it inspires us, um, it engages us as we strive to grow intellectually and creatively. Now, we know that books contain great knowledge and they're valuable resources for all of us. I would guess that you could probably name three or four books that have impacted you through the years that have made such a difference in your life. Maybe you learned a valuable truth. Um, maybe you garnered some important knowledge in a book or maybe the subject of that particular book just held great meaning for you, or maybe it helped you changed, or it, it inspired you in some ways. But of all the books that have ever existed, there is only one book that can radically transform anyone who reads it, and that is the Bible. So how is it possible that just one book, this book, the Bible, how is it possible that it can transform any life? It's because of its source. This book comes from Almighty God. No other book in all of history has as its author God himself. And as we spoke about last week, we can know that this book comes from God. We, we can know that we can depend upon that. And thus Hebrews 2.1 says we must pay the most careful attention to what we have heard. So we're in this series, Eyes Up, Anchors Down. And the goal of this series is to help us keep our eyes up on Jesus and our anchors down in the Word of God. 
And so the key verse that we really have encouraged you to memorize is Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. Read it with me off of the screen. We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard. Why do we do that? So that we do not drift away. And so each one of, one of our small groups, every single week, are, are discussing and studying um, this series, the scriptures that are associated with it, what we're looking at here today. Now, the first three weeks, we focused on the one to whom we are paying attention, right? We focused on Jesus Christ. We keep our eyes up on Jesus Christ. But last week, we moved to the second part of, this, of that phrase, anchors down, and how it is the Bible to which we listen, because the Bible contains the very words of God, the words of Jesus that we're paying attention to, they're written down here. God's word is the anchor that you and I need in our lives. And today we're going to learn that we will never have the word of God as an anchor if we don't move from just merely reading or listening to doing and to action. In other words, it's not enough to just have a Bible or to even read the Bible. We need to unlock the power of this book in our lives. And you know how we unlock the power of this book? By moving from listening to action. And so we turn back again to the book of James to discover how we can apply the power of this book into our lives. So I want to invite you to turn to James chapter 1, wherever you're at, or open the YouVersion Bible app on your device. And I want you to listen and follow along as I read from the Word of God, James chapter 1. I'm going to begin in verse 21. James says, Therefore get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it, what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forget what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after the orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. James shares with us how this book, the Bible, can be an anchor to our lives. And so number one, if we are to unlock the power of this book, if we are to find this book as an anchor into our life, James teaches us, number one, that we must receive the word. Verse 21, therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. So in order to anchor to the Word of God, James first challenges us to, to do what? To humbly accept the Word planted in you. Now, we spoke a couple of weeks ago of the need of humility and the example that Jesus Christ provides for us. But here James uses that word, to humbly accept the Word planted in you, 
in connection to our response, not to other people, but to the word of God, to the, to the Bible itself. And he uses an interesting phrase in when, when he says there, um, humbly accept the word planted in you. See, we're not born having the word of God imprinted indelibly in our minds. See, someone must come along and plant the word of God into our hearts and into our lives. And this planting metaphor, Jesus used that a lot, right? He talked about the planting of seeds or the sowing of the word of God or the growing of the word of God. And what James is getting at is that there are others who plant the word of God in our hearts and our minds. I mean, and for that, we're so very thankful. I mean, I'm thankful for my parents and they're so important planting the word of God. I think of Betsy Robinson. I think of Bob Stacy and so many other people. And you also have had others plant the word of God in your heart and your mind. And you should be eternally grateful that God put those people in your lives that they were willing to share and to plant that word of God in your life. But the key for James here is this, that it is planted, but we must humbly accept it, right? Humbly accept the word planted in you. So what would it look like to humbly accept this word that's planted in us? Humbly or humility is this understanding, I don't have all the answers. And that there are others who have so very much to teach me. That there's a, an understanding and a belief that I need to and that I want to learn from other people, especially about Jesus Christ himself. Humbly accept. To accept something in this context has the idea of a, of a welcome or receiving something. Um, it is a word that gives the concept of something that is being welcomed into my life. So think about the guests that you've had in your home over the past few years, kind of people have walked through your doors. Of course, that's been less and less recently because of COVID, but there is a difference, right? Between how we welcome a guest as opposed to someone who comes to our home that is intrusive nuisance. Now, we have two kids who live in our area right now, but when our kids come home, I mean, we welcome them. We love having them. We, you know what? We will even change our plans for them. And as James uses this concept, it, it, it basically means that to accept the word means that I allow it to literally change my plans. I welcome it and it changes me. And in humility, I recognize I don't have the power or the strength or the intellect. I don't have the will to know how to live my life. But God does. And this is his word. And so what do I do? I humbly accept this word. I, I welcome it as a guest into my heart and into my life. So let me ask you, is the Bible a welcome guest in your life or is it an intrusive presence? Do you welcome it or do you ignore it? Now, why would I welcome it? Because this isn't just words written on a page. It's not even just a good book. It is God's word which can transform your life and my life. And God's words can be an anchor during any storm or struggle that you and I face in our life. So James teaches us, receive the word as a welcome guest. 
And then the second key that he shares with us to be able to make the Bible an anchor in my life is I must move from receiving the word to number two, reflecting on the word. In other words, we don't just receive the word. It it must be more. He says in verse 22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. What? Do what it says. Do not merely listen to the word and deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anybody out there ever audited a course in, in college? You know, to audit a course means you pay a much lesser fee and you can go to the class and you can listen to the teaching of the professor and whatever they say, but you don't have to take the test. You don't have to do any work, no projects, um, no final. You just go and sit and listen because you are auditing the class. And James is saying here, don't, don't audit the word of God. Don't just turn on your computer like you did this morning or your smartphone and listen. Don't just open the Bible simply for a good read or to get some really good advice. What does it say? You go to God's word to do what it says. Do the work. Do the assignments. Apply it to your life. Learn from it. Grow from it. Don't just audit God's word. Do what it says. Put it into practice in your life. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. I think it's interesting that James uses this idea of a mirror. There are all kinds of different mirrors, right? There are slimming mirrors. Don't you like those kind? There are those distorted mirrors like when you go to, you know, a circus or a carnival or an amusement park and they make you look all kind of crazy. Then there are mirrors that just reflect back exactly what you look like. Now I got a mirror here with me, right? Um, Not a very big mirror. I use it so people can't sneak up on me in the office. But I don't really like looking at myself in the mirror. I mean, I know it's necessary. I think it's important, you know, but when I look in this mirror, even though it's small, here we'll turn it that way, I, I can see myself for who I really am. This is not one of those slimming mirrors. This doesn't change the color of my beard. I get a pretty accurate reflection of what I look like when I look into this mirror. And I look into this mirror and I think, I've got a lot more wrinkles than I ever used to have. Um, I'm joyfully growing older, right? I don't have a little bit of gray creeping in. I mean, look at my beard. I mean, it's crazy how much gray is in here. And you know what? I get some crooked teeth in my mouth. You ever have one of those out of control eyebrows, you know, or maybe hair growing out of your ears? You know, I've heard the theory that it's not that your hair quits growing on your head, is that it just starts coming out other places, right? It comes out your ears, it comes out of your back, it comes out of your nose, out of your eyebrows. Wouldn't it be foolish? For me to look in this mirror and see myself for who I really am, I'm an older guy that needs to lose about 20 pounds and I've got all that kind of stuff going on and but I, you know, look in the mirror and then I put it down and I immediately go away and I think to myself, man, you look like George Clooney. You're good looking, Doug. It'd be ridiculous, right? And James is saying that those people who open the word and just kind of glance at it, just kind of listen to it, you know, for a little bit on a Sunday morning and just kind of audit the class that they're like people 
who look in the mirror and they see themselves exactly for who they really are, but when they walk away from the mirror, they completely forget who they really are. They forget what they see, what needs to be changed. The Word of God becomes like a mirror. And I want to tell you, the Word of God, the truth of God gives a very accurate reflection of you and I. There is no distortion about who we are when we look at the truth of God's Word. So for us to walk away after we read and hear the truth of God, forgetting what it is that we have heard, is truly deceiving ourselves. It, it's crazy. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forget what he looks like. But notice this next part, verse 25. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it. I love that last part. They will be blessed in what they do. Say that out loud with me. They will be blessed in what they do. So in order to truly reflect upon the Word of God, we must, as James says, we must look intently into it. That doesn't mean a quick glance, but an intent look. So is your look at the Word of God, is that a quick glance and then you go away? Or is it an intentional, thoughtful, reflective look at the Word of God? God's Word contains Letters from our loving Heavenly Father who knows how to best live this life. Words that can save you and words that can save me. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said this, The word of Scripture should never stop sounding in your ears and working in you all day long. Just like the words of someone you love. Accept them as they are said to you. Accept the word of God. Accept the scripture and ponder it in your heart. Do not ask, how shall I pass this on? But ask this question, what does it say to me? Then ponder this word long in your heart until it is gone into you and taken possession of you. We need to drink it in. We need to live it out because it's the best way for us to live. So how can any of us spend time reflecting on the Word of God? I mean, how can we allow it to consistently and constantly be a part of our lives? I want you to listen as Brandy shares with us another one of our anchor videos that we can use in our lives. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. Proverbs 18.10. Now, another anchor that we can use to keep ourselves eyes up and anchors down is scripture memorization. That is by choosing a verse that we're going to use to anchor ourselves down and keep our eyes up on Jesus that we find is meaningful and we want to memorize to use whenever we're struggling, whenever we're having times of problems 
or maybe it's just we're whenever we want to have we're feeling joy or we're feeling peace we need those things and we're using those scriptures to help us with that maybe it's we need to combat the lies that we're being told with the truth of God's word and the best ways that we can do that is through memorizing it now I understand for some of us that's really hard maybe you need to do things that are going to help you with that that are a little different maybe for me I like to put my this verse that I'm working on memorizing on my lock screen on my phone so that every time I open it I see that verse and I read through it and other things that I've done in the past is I have a spiral notebook that I keep in my bag with me and if I'm at a doctor's appointment or stuck in traffic I open it up and it's like flashcards that I can read verses and start working on them to memorize so whenever I have that spare moment I'm reading through God's word and so it's a really great thing that we can use to truly anchor ourselves down in our with Jesus and whenever we're having those times and moments that we need that extra eyes up and anchors down. Brandy, thank you so much. And I want to challenge each one of you to memorize the Word of God, to find some important key verses that God can use in your life, to reflect on them, to memorize them as you're reading through God's Word. Make sure you highlight or write those down so you can look and memorize those later. We receive the Word of God as a guest into our lives. We welcome it. And then we spend time being intense reflecting, looking into the Word. And then the final way to anchor this Word of God, the Bible, into our lives, I think is the most important one, really the point James is driving home, and that is we need to respond to the Word. Now, I'm certain as we've read through this that you've caught certain phrases used several different times in this passage. Look what he says in verse 22. Do not merely listen to the Word and so deceive yourselves, but what? do what it says. Verse 23, he says, anyone who listens to the word, but does not do what it says. And then look down in verse 25. He says, not forgetting what they've heard, but there it is again, but doing it. See, the key to the Bible being an anchor to accepting this word is all found in the doing. The key to accepting is found in the doing. Jesus' gospel was absolutely full of grace. But do you know that Jesus' gospel was also full of radical obedience? I mean, the gospel is the gracious invitation of God, followed by the grateful response of men and of women. I mean, James continually gives us clear examples about how we should be responding to this truth. Look at verse 26. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rate on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. You see, it's not the outward rituals that make us acceptable to God. It's not just reading the Bible that makes God happy. It is our behavior resulting from God's word that is planted in our hearts. It is our behavior resulting from the truth of God's word. James tells us, don't deceive yourselves by merely listening to the word. Put this word into practice. Jesus said it this way in Matthew 7, 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of God, but only the one who what? Does the will of my Father who is in heaven. 
Well, this is so crucial for every one of us. This is really the dividing line between what are, who are true followers of Jesus. So what would it look like for you to move from just listening to doing, from auditing, to putting it into practice? I mean, it's, it's your choice and decision about what you will do with this particular book right here. But you know what? To those who receive it into their lives, welcome it as the Word of God. And who then regularly spend time reflecting upon its message and then most importantly, respond to it, put it into practice. Those people, they know the power and the impact that this word can have on them. So what would it look like for you to put it into practice? So maybe in your Bible reading, you come across one of James' passage, verse 19 and 20 there, verse 1. Or chapter 1, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger, what? Does not produce the righteousness that God desires. So you read that this morning, and later this afternoon, your teenager makes you crazy and messes up yet again. But rather than immediately reacting to anger, you you think about this verse, you say, I'm going to put it into practice. And so number one, you're quick to listen. You don't say anything. And then when you feel that anger coming up, you say, you know what? I'm going to be slow to speak. You slow down and you listen some more. Maybe you ask some simple questions and you begin to discover that your anger with them diminishes and you can help them. Or maybe in your Bible reading, you come across Matthew 6, 33 and 34. Jesus says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So today, you read that in the morning and later this evening, it's, it's been a difficult day because, you know, one of your kids have gotten sick, you know, and you realize it's this could be COVID, right? And you feel this anxiety and this worry rising up. But rather than worrying, what do you do? You say, well, you know what, God, I'm going to seek you first. Instead of letting my anxiety rule, I'm going to turn to you. I'm going to put this into practice. To respond to the word is to take what it teaches and to immediately put it into practice. And as we do that, we discover this powerful working of God in our hearts and our lives, this amazing work of God within us. Do you need an anchor in your life which will sustain you through any trouble or difficulty? Then put this book with the words of God into practice in your life. It is not just a wise book or a good book or an instruction book or an informational book. It is God's book with God's words for God's people, and it will make you wise unto salvation. It will bring you light for the darkness. You will discover hope when you have been disheartened and guidance when you are lost. It will bring clarity when you are confused. It will bring you peace when you are in turmoil and strength when you are tempted. Do not merely listen to these words. James says what? Put them into practice. Let's keep our eyes up and our anchors down in the truth of God's Word. 
Don't want to do this alone 